Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Craig Riley coming to you live from Bowser Chevrolet in Monroeville. Bucko Talk, you're used to hearing me maybe host the NASCO Roofing Preview Show, but we're bringing you Bucko Talk this Saturday. we got a lot in store for you. want to talk about the week that has just passed us, some expectations for this team moving forward. The big question entering the week about them being sellers or contenders, starting to get some clarification on that. And we'll take a look at that Chris Archer injury that I mentioned in the update as well and the impact it could have on this team. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 412-928-9370. We'll take all your calls as well. But how I want to open up is, like I said, trying to figure out what is this team right now. We entered this past week asking that question. Last week, wrapped up the series with the Padres. They got the sweep there behind Stephen Brault's five innings, three earned runs. But it was more off the bats. They outscored San Diego 11-10, to and that started a trend for the whole week that we'll talk about as well. The bats have come to life for this team. The Houston series showed them putting the ball out of the park consistently at a very high rate. They were the first team to go into Houston and even win a series this year. So you looked at... With the stretch that was happening there, you had the Padres, you go into Houston, you're Milwaukee now, you got Chicago and Milwaukee again before the All-Star break. That was going to tell us a lot about this team. So what are they right now, seller or contender? Are they closer to one than the other? It's really hard to tell. I opened the week hosting the preview show and said that I thought they were for sure closer to seller than contender and didn't want to somewhat get fooled by this team like we did last year if you remember when we were asking this question or about the same time they had that five game series against the brewers and they swept them they took all five games made a lot of people think that they were contenders neil huntington had talked about very publicly whether or not his team was going to be a buyer or a seller at the trade deadline and that series was a big reason why they went out and bought the pieces that we see they have now. Keone Kella was the best reliever available at the time. They went out and got him. Chris Archer, the best starting pitcher available. They went out and got him as well. That was a big move. But you, you look back now and realize that they weren't really contenders. They had a good streak in them leading up to the deadline that made you think that about them. But in the end, they weren't. And... It feels like the repercussions of going for it are still there this year. They're paying for that sort of now. It was great when they went for it. It was exciting, good to see. They stepped outside of their comfort zone. It's what everybody had been asking them to do. Trade prospects, get proven guys. It's what people have wanted to see from them for years. And they finally go out and do it. So it was exciting. And you can make the argument if you want that it was the right move last year to go for it at that point. But. It hurt the organization. You look, you look at it now, you would absolutely rather have the pieces back that you let go to the Rays. Now, I don't think they were going to get out of Tyler Glass now what the Rays did. That was a guy who needed a change of scenery. But Austin Meadows looked good when he was here, has looked even better in Tampa. So there's reason to believe they could have gotten that out of him. So you need to be more sure of it this year. Because next year, we've looked ahead to that before during rain delays and at other 
other times throughout the season so far has real potential if some of these young guys pan out. We're seeing some of them pan out at the major league level right now. Kevin Newman, Brian Reynolds, what they're bringing to the table. We saw Cole Tucker's defense. He's since been sent back to AAA, but his bat's playing again at AAA. He's actually hitting the ball really well and taking what he needed to work on here and making it happen down there. That's one of the keys that for the next time he gets called up, I think he'll be more ready at the plate. So there's all that potential. And that's what you could have looked at last year as well and seen some potential, but there wasn't as much. You didn't know what you were going to get out of Newman. Brian Reynolds, no, half of the people probably couldn't even tell you who he was at that point. There wasn't this expectation of him, that's for sure. But there is that potential for next year, and you don't really want to jeopardize it. So, I mean, you hear me say all this. It's obvious that I lean more towards seller than contender, but I said that before the San Diego series. There. They are doing their best right now to change my opinion of that, but they still have this Milwaukee series, Chicago, and then Milwaukee again before the trade deadline, or before the All-Star break, which is where a lot of these conversations start to pick up. Talk to Jack Zarensic, the co-host on the preview show, and he told me that as well, that when you get to the All-Star break, there's not as much going on in the day-to-day roster moves or seeing what your teams are doing for a general manager. They have that time to sit and talk and start to feel out the other teams and see what direction other teams are going and try to figure out where they want to go as well. So you do it through those series, I'm going to feel a little bit better about it. But you need to get into contention before the All-Star break at the very least. I mentioned that in the update as well. They are just four back from the Cubs in first place in the division. The division, as much as we thought it was going to be a tight race between a lot of really good teams, has been a tight race still. But it's there for the taking still. So if they can get to the All-Star break and really ramp things up, not like last year where it was that five-game series against Milwaukee that made you feel a certain way. Granted, they put together a bigger run around that, but it was that series I think a lot of us look back on and think like that was when we decided this team should be more of a buyer than a seller. So I want to see the bigger picture here. I want to see them go into the All-Star break win the series like they did against San Diego. That was the big first one because that was the worst team they were going to play leading up to this stretch before the All-Star break. I did not expect them to go into Houston and take two out of three, especially the way that they did it. Totally unexpected there. Now you get the win against Milwaukee game one, you take game two here. It's going to have people feeling really good about this team. So we'll see what they do during that stretch. We'll take your calls if you want to join in at 412-928-9370. You can also text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. can weigh in any of those ways that you want, want to talk about what this team is in your eyes, what direction are they headed, what has this past week told you about them? What do you want to see this team be? It's a fun team. That's for sure. A very fun team to watch because the bats have come to life. They're doing a lot on that front. But is it one that will win the World Series? Is it one that's capable of a deep playoff run even? We've seen better Pirates teams not advance far in the playoffs. There, there were better teams than this one, and that's not saying anything bad about this team. It's just that they've had teams win 98 games and not make deep playoff runs. And that's part of what you have to decide as an organization and as a fan what you want to see them do when you're trying to answer that question. They're fun, but they're not consistent. That's maybe one of the biggest things you have to consider when evaluating this team. You look at the starting pitching. It's been good to absolutely great at times. The bats have been good to absolutely great 
at times. And the bullpen has been very good at times. That's the difference, though, between real contenders and teams that find themselves in this situation of being a buyer or a seller near the deadline. The wild swings. This team is capable of getting hot. But are they capable of sustaining it to the point of running away with a wild card spot or making a real run at the division and beating up on some of those teams? Because I look at it now and I don't know if they're capable of sustaining that winning streak or really putting teams behind them. And that's why I keep coming back to this stretch of games where you're getting Milwaukee, you're getting the Cubs, and you're going to have Milwaukee again before that All-Star break. So you're going to give yourself a chance just four games back from the NL Central leading Cubs, and you got three games against them. You're going to give yourself a chance to bring them back to you. So other teams can do that. They can help out. The Cubs can lose in other ways, but the Pirates need to do it on their own as well to make you really start to believe in them. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. The only other team in the division over 500 in their last 10 games is the Reds. They've, they're have 6-4 in that time, still four back, like I said, from the top of the division. And about the same for the wild card. The Cubs, 44 wins. The second wild card spot is currently at 43 wins. The Pirates at 39. That's why it's so important to see them put it together for this sustained stretch because there's not the two trade deadlines this year like there has been in the past. There was the normal trade deadline you're used to around the All-Star break and then the waiver deadline later on. That doesn't exist anymore. It's the one trade deadline, and that's what's going to be different, and general managers are going to have to feel their way through that as well this season. When are they going to decide their contenders? The Pirates, we've seen use that second deadline and make some decent moves. That's how Marlon Bird came to this team when they made their big wild card push and ended up beating the Reds in that game, the, the scene at PNC Park, that first postseason game. They've utilized that before to their advantage, and it allowed them to wait longer into the season to determine if they were going to be a seller or a buyer. They didn't have to decide it this early. Teams will have to this year. That's going to be really interesting to see how a lot of teams handle that. We've already seen the Mariners sell and make it very public that they're selling basically anybody that makes money. So some teams have already decided which direction they're going to go with this. The Pirates have not yet by all admissions and from everything we've seen from them, but they have this time still to figure it out. There's a good stretch after the All-Star break as well where you're going to get some good NL Central action to try and bring them back to you. But it's all about seeing what they do in a bigger a bigger stretch of games. I, I don't want to see just one good series and overreact to it and think to ourselves, okay, they took two or three from the Cubs, or say they even sweep the Cubs. Okay, they should definitely be buyers now. You got time to figure that out. I, I, I still lean towards seller, like I said. And I want your calls at 412-928-9370 to tell me how you feel about this team. Do you think they should buy or sell? Or are you, like me, sort of waiting it out? And, and I think that's what the Pirates and Neil Huntington are doing as well. Waiting it out. We, we'll look back a lot throughout Bucko Talk today at this whole stretch, this whole past week of games that have led us to this point. But this was the big conversation going into the week. And it still stays that way right now. What is this team? Are, are they a good team? Could they be better than what we've seen? Would making a move or two make them the type of team that can put a playoff rush or a playoff run together? And if you think they are a player or two away, what position? Who do you want? Not necessarily who do you want to see, but what position do you think they most need to go out and get to make you feel better about them? So give me your calls, 412-928-9370. We try to answer those questions. And should the Pirates be a buyer or seller at the deadline? 
and what this recent stretch of games has done for you. Like we said, we'll take those calls at 412-928-9370. Craig Riley, live at Bowser Chevrolet out here in Monroe. Come by, say hi. We'll talk about the Pirates. we got some great fan stuff you can come pick up here. Give us your calls, 412-928-9370. All that and more still to come here on Bucko Talk on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Craig Riley back with you for Bucko Talk here Saturday morning, live from Bowser Chevrolet in Monroeville, hanging out till 11, talking about this past week for the Pirates. We talked in the last segment about the big question heading into the week, being whether or not this team was a buyer or a seller. Did you think they could contend? Do you think they have a shot even if they make moves? I know there's people out there that think even with a couple of moves, this team would still be far from that. So want to take your calls and get your thoughts on that as well. I think they are closer to seller than contender. I can be swayed between now and the trade deadline, especially even now in the all-star break, if things continue to go the way they did against San Diego, against Houston, and the way this Milwaukee series started. But I, I think if I had to choose one now, it's more seller than contender. Later on, I'll tell you about the pieces they have to sell and who I think they should move and who I think they absolutely should not move. But I wanted to get your calls on this as well at 412-928-9370. And we go out to Moon and Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Good, how about you? First of all, I think they should be patient. And second of all, I like what you said about next year's team. Uh, I, I think offensively, a team has a lot of potential. I think Tucker will probably take Gong's place. Milky will probably be gone because age and Corelli is going to be gone. But the thing is, I think they shouldn't jump to conclusions about Dickerson. You only got two outfielders you know it's going to be there next year. That's Marte and Reynolds. You know, who knows who Polko is going to be? He's, it seems like there's always something with him, and who knows? He never might be right. And, you know, I'd look into keeping Dickerson possibly because he's only 30, and he has a couple good years in him. Maybe offer him a two-year contract because he's really not going to get nothing out there that special. And let's face it, you're not going to get – he's more valuable to the Pirates than what you're going to get for him. Yeah, Nick, I appreciate the call. I mean, we heard when Dickerson was getting ready to come back from his stint on the IL there for basically the whole season, played just a few games to start, that they were shopping him. That was the word on the street. More teams were calling about Melky than Dickerson at that point. But I have some numbers about Corey Dickerson that I'll share with you coming up next about why you could sell him and probably get something in return right now and what I think you could do and maybe say to him before you send him that will benefit the Pirates as well. We'll keep taking your calls. 412-928-9370. And like I said, we'll talk about those players that could be on the move and the rumors about the Pirates trading different guys or taking calls on them. That's all still to come here on Bucko Talk. Craig Riley live from Bowser Chevrolet Monroeville on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Craig Riley back with you for Bucko Talk this Saturday morning, live from Bowser Chevrolet in Monroeville. Come by, say hi, hang out. we got a bunch of fan stuff you can come and get. We'll talk some Pirates as well. But like I said, wanted your calls talking about this team as well at 412-928-9370. We opened up Bucko Talk this week talking about the big question coming into the week about the team being a buyer or a seller. We saw reports this week about the Dodgers and their interest in Felipe Vasquez. That really ramped things up this week as well about that idea of where is this team? Can they be a real contender? Would buying get them to that point? Or are there just too many deficiencies and not enough consistency from this team to get to that point? Now, when it comes to the Felipe Vasquez and the Dodgers rumors, and we'll take your calls here in a minute at 412-928-9370, I don't care if they determine their sellers. That's fine if they want to do that. Like I said, I lean towards that. That's fine. 
But I'm not moving Felipe Vasquez unless it's, unless it's for an offer that absolutely blows you away and you can't pass up. You look at Felipe Vasquez, four years, $22 million contract he signed. He's making just $4 million this year, $5.25 million next year, seven point two five in 2021. That's insane. And then you got two club options in 2022 and 2023 of $10 million. For what a lot of people at times will tell you is one of, if not the best closer in all of baseball, even at the even at the ten million club options, that's incredibly affordable. This is a steal of a contract for this guy. Also, he's one of the rare closers that will do anything the team asks him and even volunteers to be used in different ways. You look at most closers across baseball, they won't pitch outside of save situations unless they've had a bunch of days off and just want to get working. I mean, look at Craig Kimbrell. The guy held out all all season, just signed recently, and was telling teams, like, I'm going to be a closer. That's what it's going to be. And teams wanted to maybe look at him as – an eighth inning guy, maybe splitting time as a closer, but that's what you want to be. And that's more the norm than a Felipe Vasquez. Most closers are that way. They have that mentality. Felipe has come out, meanwhile, and said he'll do anything the team asks him. He even went to Hurdle and offered to open games when they were using the opener. You wouldn't want to use Vasquez for that. I mean, he does profile as the perfect type of opener, but because he's such a good closer, you wouldn't want to move him up, have him open the game, and then have somebody else close it. But it just shows that he's willing to do anything the team asks of him, and that is so rare from a closer, especially one that you have under team control like the Pirates do on this team, very team-friendly contract. Now, you want to look at what the Dodgers have to offer. They do want him. There's no doubt about that. They do have three prospects in MLB's top 100, actually all three in the top 51, a catcher, a second-base shortstop guy, and a pitcher. That's where I'm starting with them. I'd also look at uh, Julio Urias and tell them, this is what I'm looking at if you want this guy. The ask is going to be huge. My ask, if I'm saying that to them, I recognize is huge. But that's the tone I'm setting when it comes to trying to move a guy like Felipe Vasquez. It's just not going to happen. The other guy, we talked about it in the last segment with our caller, Nick, is Corey Dickerson. I have numbers on him that I'll share with you and give you my thoughts on whether or not you could move him or should move him. But we'll take your calls at 412-928-9370, and we have Derek in Trafford. Hey, Derek. Hey, Craig. How's it going? Good. How um, are you? Good, man. Thanks. Uh, my idea kind of goes on what they think might happen for next season as far as the DH. If they have any idea that the DH is coming to the National League, then they have to hold on to as many offers as they can. Um, if they can get uh, Dickerson on a on like a three-year contract and give him maybe two options, um, uh, pass that to take some money off of it, maybe something like that, that might have him hang around. But if you have you know four outfielders who are decent and in the DH, a lot of these teams' problems for the roster making the lineup is solved right there. Derek, that's a great point, and I've been talking about it a lot this year because I think the DH is actually close to coming to the National League for this season, but they sort of broached the idea too close to the start of the season and couldn't do it, which makes me think there's a very good chance it could happen this offseason. And this is the first time maybe in a very long time the Pirates are kind of set up for the DH. It's it's typically a position where you're spending a lot of money or you're going cheap on it. There's no real in-between. The Pirates could DH Josh Bell, and we've seen what Jose Osuna can do. They like him. you got Will Craig playing in the Futures game down at AAA, has a power bat there, a decent glove at first base. They do have options if they want to DH Josh Bell and, and move guys into first base defensively for them. But like you said, it's a good point, too, that it won't hurt to keep some of these outfielders in C because you're going to want to have a lot of guys ready for that extra uh, roster spot. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, and just the way the game's managed, it makes re- 
it makes relievers and pinch hitters just different completely. I mean, you don't need all the little uh, different dunk guys. You can have, you know, three or four guys like Melky who can, you know, hit the ball, drive with power, and have those guys who are older just be your bench guys who come off and they just pinch hit for you. I agree, Derek. Thanks so much for the call. And that's what will be interesting if the DH does come to the National League is you'll see rosters constructed differently than you have in the past because of the way you're going to use guys, the way you're going to use the bench so much differently they, they do in the American League than the National League. It'll, it'll be exciting. Uh, I'll actually tell you in the next segment a tweet I sent out last night about the DH. They kicked up a real hornet's nest when I woke up this morning and checked my notifications. I'll tell you about that next. You're going to want to hear that. But we'll keep taking your calls at 412-928-9370. We talked about Corey Dickerson in that last segment and as our last caller mentioned about wanting to keep a bunch of these outfielders because the DH could be coming to the National League. We've heard about the Pirates actively shopping Corey Dickerson. I was all for that when he was coming back from the IL because there was no room for him with the way Reynolds and Melky were playing and even Polanco was going well at that point and Marte, you know, he's not going to come out as your center fielder. They like him enough that that's you just write him in and that's going to be his spot. It's still a crowded outfield, but I do think he's played his way into deserving time now. Dickerson in six game, 16 games since returning from the IL. He's hit, he's hitting 381 with eight doubles, a home run, and 13 RBIs. And the team loves him. We've heard Josh Bell and other players talk about what he's done for them personally to get them to a better place. So he's a great clubhouse guy in that regard, which makes you start to wonder, what do you do with him? If you're a seller, like I think they should be, you still move him. I think it's the right move, even with Gregory Polanco's injuries and struggles making it somewhat difficult because it's not as crowded of an outfield right now. You're still a seller. You make the move. You get what you can in return for him, and you figure it out. Dickerson's contract is up at the end of the year anyways, so he's going to walk in this offseason unless you want to bring him back, which is sort of an idea I have about him and Melky that – if you want to move those guys, go ahead and move them. They're both free agents after this year. Get something for them. Because when the reports first came out about Dickerson, the the Pirates wanted to move him. The report also had that teams were specifically calling about Melky. They really wanted him. Melky has been a great contributor for the team this year. He comes extremely cheap. He's a great fourth outfielder, great pinch hitter. Really works well for a contender if they want to move him. But here's what I would do with him and Dickerson. If you are going to sell, I trade them. You tell them when you trade them, though, you're trying to do right by them and putting them on a contender this year. But you absolutely want to sit back down with them this offseason and discuss a potential return of the organization if you really like them that much. And I know the Pirates like Dickerson. They really like Melky. And they got Melky on a minor league deal this offseason, so it's not like teams are falling all over themselves to sign him. That's what I do. If I'm a seller, which I lean towards, I tell both those guys if and when I trade them, like, look, we're trying to do right by you. We're putting you on a contender. But that doesn't mean I don't want you to be a part of this organization moving forward. We will very much sit down and discuss it with you. So that's the thing that sort of gets overlooked, that if you're going to be a seller and you're worried about being short in the outfield because Polanco's hurt, well, you're a seller. What are you playing for at that point anyways? And you can always try and bring these guys back because they're going to be free agents if you keep them anyways. Take more of your calls, 412-928-9370. Jerry and New Ken. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Craig. How you doing? Good, thanks. Um, you know, I'm with you. I mean, if somebody loses their mind, you know, like the Dodgers and, and literally gives away, you know, those three prospects in the top 50 you're talking about, maybe I look at it. But, and I, I still don't even know. You know, those, that, that's still a low percentage that, that those guys are going to hit. Relatively and all low three percentage. are double A, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that before yeah, or not. So you it, take it, that into consideration. Yeah, two, 
it's too small a percentage to hit. This guy, I think, is the most dynamite closer in baseball. Like you said, he's got a great attitude. You know, put him in wherever you, you need him. Uh, it's very rare that they have that attitude. So at this point, I would be patient. I, I know the previous caller was saying that. I would take a look. I like trying to extend Dickerson. I love an outfield of Dickerson and left, Marte in center, and Reynolds in right. I think Polanco has just not proven to be consistent enough, whether it was health or play or anything in between. And um, I know we need another starting pitcher or two, but I think I'd be patient right now. I think our players help us more, you know, here than they do in a trade. Unless somebody would give us, you know, a good double-A pitching prospect for Melky for a, a switch hitting bat off the bench. Maybe, but I like being patient right now. I like the I like the way this team, at least offensively, is shaping up right now, and I think I'd wait and see. I agree with you mostly on that, Jerry. Like I said, I lean towards seller than contender, but there is still plenty of time to get you to the all-star break to have the conversations if you're Neil Huntington with the other GMs, sort of identifying where you are as an organization, and then still some key series following the all-star break up to the trade deadline against NL Central teams to figure that out. So patience is probably the right move there. And like you said, thanks for the call, Jerry. I appreciate it. When it comes to moving a guy like Melky, the return, because moving him or Dickerson, they're free agents after this year, you don't know what the return's going to be. Probably nothing huge. But the one thing I really trust Neil Huntington to do is identify relievers that he likes on other teams and go out and get them. We've seen him do it time and time again. Felipe Vasquez being one of them. Mark Melanson, Jason Grilly. Forget how things ended for Grilly here. There was a stretch where he was a really good closer for them. Go all the way back to Joe Hanrahan. He has found relievers. Keone Kella, a very good reliever, started off the year slow. He's a career slow starter. The first month of every of the last four years, an ERA over six for him. And then he started turning around before he got hurt. Another guy that you identify that Neil Huntington can go out and find them. And maybe that's what he trades a guy like Melky and a guy like Corey Dickerson for or back-of-the-bullpen type guys that are going to help you next year as well. Because as Jack Sorensic always tells me, year-to-year bullpen is the toughest thing to predict. One year a guy will be great, the next year he's getting rocked. We've seen it with Richard Rodriguez this year firsthand, that it can come and go that quick so you can never have enough of those good arms and maybe that's what they get for them and like i said if you want and you really like them talk to them again this offseason and try and bring them back if you really like them and think that's the way to go keep taking your calls at 412-928-9370 and we'll talk more about what players you want to see the pirates move who do you think should be untouchable we'll answer those questions and discuss chris archer leaving last night's game early what it could mean for this team and sort of the hornet's nest i kicked up on twitter accidentally last night tweeting out about that injury and the dh and a bunch of different things so we'll get into that conversation as well craig riley Live from Bowser, Chevrolet, and Monroeville with Bucko Talk. All that and more still to come here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Craig Riley back with you on Bucko Talk. Live from Bowser, Chevrolet, and Monroeville. Hanging out here till 11. Talking about the week that was for the Pirates and the big question coming into it about whether or not this team is is closer to being a buyer or seller as the trade deadline draws near and the conversations will pick up at the All-Star Game. Got to tell you, you can join the PM team, Pony and Muller, on July 1st at Mike's Beer Bar across from the ballpark as Mike's kicks off a celebration of Pittsburgh area craft brews. 
all month of July, all 80 taps at Mike's will flow with Pittsburgh area craft brews. Stop out and see the guys and hang out there. I've done that after our preview shows. The guys hang out for a little while. It's a good time. So make sure to stop down and see them. Want to keep taking your calls at 412-928-9370 on what you make of this team right now. And I told you about the hornet's nest I kicked up last night on Twitter totally unintentionally. So I'll tell you about that coming up next. But keep taking your calls first. 412-928-9370. And we go out to Penn Hills and Joe. Hey, Joe. Craig, how you doing, babe? Good, thanks. Listen, I'm uh, I'm 75 years old, sir. You know, I go way back to the late 40s, as a matter of fact, as a young boy. And I know there were different times then, and before I make my point, I do want to say, like, uh, this buying and selling, uh, that's confusing because I know this is different, but, you know, 1951 on, uh, on August 10th or something, the Giants were 13 and a half games out. Well, that would make them double sellers, but they ended up winning the pennant because, you know, they caught fire. But here we are. I know we're only 500, but no one's going to run away with this. I found out the Cubs... The Brewers in St. Louis, they're so-so right now. No one's really great. So to talk about selling and uh, being only four games out, it's the most, really the most ridiculous thing that anybody could say now. Now, if they go 10 or 12 games out by, you know, the 20th or 25th, okay, then I'll, I'll concede. But to talk seller, we've been talking seller for a month almost, and we're going to get rid of Dickerson. We're going to get rid of Cabrero. we got to quit this. 133 years, as Dan Kowatsvich says, uh, this is a, tra- a, a great traditional baseball team. And they say he told Nutting that he don't own it. He just lets it be in the water. Like, he's just one of the guys down the line. And, you know, he is who he is. He knows baseball, Nutting, they say. But he has, as Dan says, no compassion to win if he hits lightning in a bottle. But, you know you got to add, this is a chance to – they got a good-hitting team. I'm shocked. I mean, Newman's the kid. Reynolds the kid. And uh, I don't know. I'm confused. I'm so tired. In June already, they're going to – you know, people are in a negative. Let's see what happens because no one's strong, Craig. Well, Joe, what I th- the reason I think that I lean more closer to seller than buyer, it, it, I know they're close in the division and they're close in the wild card. But it wasn't all that long ago they were far from those. And a lot of it has to do with the inconsistencies of this team. Like I said before, the starting pitching has been great just at times. The bats have been great at times. And the bullpen has been good at times. But that's what makes me look at them in the big picture and say, can they really be a contender if all they have in them are streaks like that? Because there's times well, where the other- they'll, they'll run like they are now and get you close to the top of the what division. The but then there's teams? times where they're going to drop out of it. Craig, what about the other teams? I don't. You describe them. I was surprised the way the Cubs are up and down. My Milwaukee, up and down, even though they got better, let's say players. They're all well. That's the thing. You, you look describe. at their rosters, Joe. They have t- they have teams that I look at and say that it's more likely they'll figure it out. I don't know if I feel that way about the Pirates. Well, let's wait it out. I wish we would just slow it down because I know I'm looking for lightning in a bottle when I'm 75, and you know. I wish Nutting was a better owner and Huntington knew what he was doing by drafting and all that. And Hurdle went just uh, be a uh, yes man. And just, you know, I wish it was Leland here and Joey Brown, but Joel Brown, but it's not. So I still root for them. I'm glad for Reynolds, Nickerson, but I've got a funny feeling that if they don't get stupid, they could at least be there, you know, unless they have a complete downfall. That's all I'm saying, Craig. Thank you. Well, Joe, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. And like I said, my. 
the whole thing I'm basing this off of is just the fact that I, I look at the roster and I see pieces I like, but I don't see a team that looks like it's going to make a deep playoff run. And that's what I want to see from them. I, I, I don't worry so much about just being over 500 or making a run at the wild card. I, I'm past that point when I look at this franchise. I, I want to see a team that can make runs into the postseason. And I, I like I said, this team can get hot, but I think against the better teams, we saw what that happened to them against the Dodgers earlier this year, and they're the cream of the crop in the National League. So a, a lot of it's probably based off that. They, they've done well against some other teams like Houston. They went in there, first team to win a series in Houston against the Astros. But uh, the whole big picture here, like you said, the last caller said, is let's wait and see closer to the deadline. But with just one deadline this year and not that second waiver one in August, you're going to have to figure it out sooner rather than later. And they're going to have to be having these conversations now as opposed to waiting a little bit later and making the moves. That's the big variable that changes this year. Take more of your calls, 412-928-9370. we got Harry on the cell. Hey, Harry. How you doing? Good. Listen, I just have one point. I've been listening to you talk about the outfield. Tell me something. Why? What possible use do we have for Gregory Polanco and Zhang Kong? Neither one of them can hit. Polanco on his best day is a mediocre fielder. You never know if his arm's going to come back. And Zhang Kong can't came in bat 200. Get rid of these guys. Dump well, Give Harry, uh, uh, listen, Harry, th- thanks for the call. I, I agree with you about Jung Ho Gung. I've been questioning it for the last couple of weeks whenever he starts. What's their intent with Gung? He is a free agent after this year. He plays third base, and he plays shortstop for this team. Third base, you see Osuna playing there, Colin Moran playing there. The future of that position for this organization, if things pan out, is Cabrian Hayes. He's at AAA knocking on the door, so there's not – playing time really to be had at third base they don't like gung as a starting shortstop well you have newman there now cole tucker you already saw him defensively and the bat i think will come around there's not going to be time for him to play short so maybe you throw him over at second well you got frazier there now and when cole tucker gets here newman's probably going to second i don't see any room for jung ho gung on this roster moving forward the problem with trying to move him is who's going to want him You, you said it yourself the guy can't even hit 200 right now he's got that the, the power bat when he sees a fastball, but any team that scouts him and does their homework knows, just don't give him a fastball and you'll be just fine. And when it comes to Polanco, a, a similar a situation in terms of what the market would be for him right now. They've got a few more years of him under their control. It, it's team-friendly, but would another team want that much control over Gregory Polanco is the question you'd have to ask yourself. He is as streaky of a, a player as they come. He started the year a lot better than what I expected him to coming off the off-season shoulder surgery. Cold off, now on the IL, and who knows what you're going to get from him, except defensively, you know exactly what you're going to get, and it's not a very good defender. So moving him, you could probably get something because you got more control over him, but what would it be, and would the return be worth it? Keep taking your calls, 412-928-9370. Greg in Youngstown. Hey, Greg. Hey, how's it going? Uh, <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. You know, this is my viewpoint on, on the Pirates and it, it, just any other team. you got to win with starting pitching. That, I mean, and our starting pitching right now has no depth. So I don't mind if we, if we traded our closer to the Dodgers and they gave me their two best minor league pitchers, I would do it tomorrow. I would because you can't find starting pitching. So if they want to give us your two top pitchers and triple play, I'll give them their closer. I'll find another closer. But you have to have starting pitching to win. Uh, 
Look at Houston. They had to get Cole. They had to get Verlander. You don't win without starting pitching. You can have all the hitting you want, but you're never going to win in the end. Harry, I totally agree, and thank you for the call. We've seen this team try to stockpile pitching, and sometimes the problem is it's more quantity than quality. It's let's see how many guys we can get, see if a couple of them stick to the wall, and then we have team control over them. That's part of possibly what the Garrett Cole trade was. You get four players in return for the one, and you think, okay, Colin Moran, maybe he's working out at third base, and Joe Musgrove's working out in the rotation. Nobody near the talent level of Garrett Cole, but you know what? They'll tell you we got control over these guys, and they value that. But uh, I would like to see if you're going to trade a Felipe Vasquez, and the rumor was this week, the, the John Morosi report, that the Dodgers want him and will make calls to try and make that happen. I have to get some really high-end talent, and it's not going to be qu- it's going to be quantity actually, but it's going to be quality on top of that as well. It's not one or the other. It's I'm taking both. If you want a guy that is on that friendly of a contract and will do anything you ask him to, as your closer. So thanks for the call. We'll keep taking your calls. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. Want to talk more about this team? I told you about the tweet I sent out last night about the DH and Chris Archer's pitcher and how all that sort of ties together that stirred some things up and totally unintentionally. I'll tell you about that next, and I also want to talk a little bit next as well about the Pirates and looking back at this week, getting us to this point where we're talking about the decisions that they have to make, what sort of team they are. We'll take a look back at the past week and how this team has done to get us to this point. But Fan Weather, brought to you by Sun Chevy and McMurray. The sun is shining, and it's time for Sun's summer sizzling sell-down event Today, intervals of clouds and sun, warm and humid, with a couple of strong thunderstorms around this afternoon and early evening. Any storm can bring damaging winds with a high of 86 degrees and some clouds lingering overnight tonight, a low of 66. Craig Riley out here in Monroeville talking with some bucko talk with you this Saturday morning. We'll look back, like I said, at this past week. Take more of your calls at 412 928-9370. We're out here at Bowser, Chevrolet, and Monrovo. You can come by, stop stop by, say hi. We'll talk some Pirates with you here as well. We'll keep it all rolling on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.